Hello everyone, thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Player Development First podcast. Uh, firstly, just apologies for the inconsistencies of um, uploading recently, just with with everything going on this summer, um, it's just fi- it's hard to, to find a time to, to get any guests on, so um, I apologise for that, but I'll be back to it now and hopefully be a bit more consistent with uploading. Um, today we've got Wayne Drummond, um, who was a goalkeeper for Millwall and Glasgow Rangers, and also within the Northern Ireland setup. Um, Wayne was my classmate in school, so we go way back, but I think he speaks really well about his experiences playing in um, professional academies and within the Northern Ireland setup. So I think it's a good one. I hope you like it, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Wayne, thanks very much for coming on today, mate. Yeah, no problem, Greg. Thank you for having me, mate. No, absolutely, mate. No, well, again, just a little bit better background for any, for everyone. I mean, something me and you were uh, in the same class in school at Icefield Boys. Yeah. Um, mate, was it? Um, we were all. I don't know. Just speaking for myself, like whenever you know everything was going on for you, and you were you were going away to um to England and all, mate. We were all made up for you, like so. Um, it was um it was great at the time having someone in your same class go out and do so well, like. But um, was was it just football from the get go for you, mate? It was football for me, obviously, you know, like yourself, Craig, you know, working class early, Belfast, it was football, it was it. That, that, yeah. that was all we'd done, you know. We're not that old where there wasn't Playstations, but we, we were kids that were out in the street and you had a ball and that was it. And uh, every day, or if it was in the street, you know, you were organising football matches or you were down the field organising matches. So, yeah, it's, you know, it was only... You know, it'd be lying if I says I knew where I was going to go with it, but it was only one thing that I wanted to do, and that was be a footballer like, like many kids. Yep, I mean, I remember, um, I think the first time I ever seen you was, um, we, you were playing outfield though, you were playing for, um, you are playing for Newbridge, I think it was. You were, yeah, you were, quite, you were a good player outfield as well. I mean, I started, I actually started my career as a say career, I started playing football <laughs> as, a, as a right back, yeah. and uh. Again, like like Manny's a goalkeeper, we all we all think um we can play outfield. <laughs> but I, I I actually uh I used to fancy myself. I used to say, No, you know what, I'm actually not a bad player here. Like yeah. so I remember you used to bag like, a few goals in PE and stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I few um we went away that time with the school for to the World Cup as well and I played That's outfield. Right. That's you right. got top goal scorer and everything. Uh, you did, yeah. <laughs> so, mate, what, what was the sort of um, what was the, the clubs you would have played for? At, like at, at the grassroots phase, who was your first clubs? So, so my first, my first club, I was very fortunate at, at grassroots. I played for three different clubs. Um, one being Newbridge, Albert Ferndry, and uh, finished off then at Shankle Juniors. And again, all all three clubs, you know were very very good in my development um newbridge especially i spent most of my time at newbridge mm-hmm. um you know the, the, the setup that they had there a guy called raymond laverty who then became a, a chief scout at burnley um he was actually the guy that signed kyle laverty for, for burnley um yeah. he, he sort of he sort of run the whole club um and the, the setup that we had there you know and it was all like say it's a east belfast and a lot of us were all friends, you know what I mean? So you were playing yeah. football, but you were playing with your friends as well. Um, and we, I remember and we, that club had so many kids going over to, to Burnley as well. I remember, you know, if you're, if you're a decent player in East Belfast, you, you, it was more likely you would have got a Burnley trial, you know. If, uh-huh. that, but that was it, you know. And, and to be honest, I was probably I was probably a real slow, I say slow developer, you know. 
I just enjoyed football. I I yeah. just enjoyed playing football. You know, I didn't take it too serious. You know, I didn't really push myself. Again, I was uh-huh. just very, very fortunate, you know, and where I had a wee bit of a talent there. And again, you know, I always say a year in football is massive because when I turned about 15, that's when just everything just changed for me. You know, I was just yep. an ordinary kid as a goalkeeper up till 15. And then that's when stuff started getting a wee bit serious. And I was going yep. flip, you know, you started getting a wee bit of attention, started going on trials, all that sort of stuff, you know. Yep. And, and I do I remember that, that time as well for you. I remember like when we, when we were in school, like it was a, there was like a year where you were just like, yeah, I think you came back after the summer and you were just like, you look like you'd grown about five inches and you were just <laughs> kicking a ball like at that age, like a man, you know, you would, yeah. you were quality. Yeah. Mate, yeah. Well, that's to say, and, and that's why I always say like, you know, even these days, like some kids panic, you know, or maybe there's other ones developing a wee bit more or a wee bit quicker. But again, a year in football, in my eyes, in my own personal opinion, is massive. You know, you, yeah. you see it yourself, Greg, you know, as we were kids growing up, there was always that one kid who were going to flip, he's the next big thing. But then maybe a year, two years down the line, someone else had then taken over him. He just stayed at that level, but someone else had then peaked. Absolutely. And, and, and these things happen. And for me, that again, 15 years of age, just everything just changed for me. Um so- is that, about the time you would, is that about the time you, where you would have started getting noticed? Yeah, so comes? basically, I, I went to the Foyle Cup with Shankill Juniors. Um, it's, it's, I say, a good story. It's a story that, that I enjoy telling to this day. I remember I was at Limfield, and Limfield were going to the Foyle Cup. And, um, you know, I'll not mention his name, but a certain guy then at Limfield basically pulled my father to the side after training one day. It just says, look, we're going to let Wayne go. We don't think he's good enough to be a Linfield goalkeeper. So, obviously, I've been a Linfield supporter as well. You know, it was oh, broke my heart, really, soul-destroying. But my grandest friend was helping out then at Shankill Juniors, and, and he'd sent the message across to say, why doesn't he come down to the Foyle Cup with us as a guest and see how he gets on? Uh-huh. So I goes down to the Foyle Cup as a guest um, with Shankill Juniors. Absolutely loved it, you know. The, the, the people around that club you know yep. just the guys you know everything about it loved it um, signed for Shankle Juniors then uh, after the Foyle Cup had a really good season Billy Spence then took me to the Oval and within that year I ended up now by chance you know and but here these are the chances you take I ended up coming off the bench for the Glens in the County Antrim Shield and at the time Becoming the youngest player to play for Glen Tone's first team, you know, and that Mate, that, came within, that. that came within a year of someone telling you that you weren't good enough to be a Linfield goalkeeper, you know. Yeah. That's crazy, mate. Yeah, and that's like everyone in East Belfast's dream, isn't it? Like to play for the Glen yeah. to be the youngest well, player, like that's unbelievable. Well, that was it, you know, and, and up until there recently, obviously it was broke, you know, but even at that, I mean, I wasn't a very Glen Tone supporter, but it was it was a record that I was proud of, you know what I yeah, mean, and I, and I was absolutely. proud of holding it. Yeah. Um, and I always enjoyed that there and fair play to the kids now I mean you see it there this kid now I can't remember the name Glenn Avon 13 years of age I mean like yeah, I know I know the, and it was another actually boy it was Ethan Warnock that, that broke it right wasn't it Ethan, uh, young Ethan that he went away to Everton it was, it was Ethan and then so I think Ethan at the time then became so in a way it was a complicated one so they oh, thought Ethan it? had broke it but then Ethan had broke up where he became the youngest outfield player, but I still held okay. the youngest the goal, player. Goal. Yes, okay, yeah. But then I think Charlie Lindsay, who's now at Rangers, I think right. he broke 
he broke the whole, the the, whole the, everything. Well, wow, yeah, that's I, I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on that. There, you can do the research. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Um, mate, there was one thing actually for, for, I remembered whenever I was whenever we, um, we were talking about doing the podcast. I always remember this thing, um, and it's a silly thing, right? But whenever you started going away in the trails and all, um, and uh, you, I think we came back after Easter break or something, and uh, you, I'd say the. Um, where were you? You were going, uh, mate. You'd re- round off about three clubs you were at. You were like, I was at, um, I don't know, say Liverpool, that hit such and such. And then I was at like Stockford. I was going, Stockford, where's that? Let's go, mate. And then I started, we went, I was science class. I remember going on and going through like the whole football league. I was like, mate, there's no, it's not stock. Is it Stockport, Wayne? No, it's not Stockport. And it was like, it ended up, it was Scunthorpe. You couldn't even remember the name of the team you were going trial on, mate. You were at that many trials at that point. I went. I went from. I went from that that time. I went a week in Blackburn. I went, so I done a week with Blackburn Rovers. I done a week with Liverpool, and yeah. then I went from Liverpool to Scunthorpe. And I was like, "Well, oh, that was a bit of a reality check." <laughs> but, they, but they were the reality checks you needed. To be fair, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, but the tra- uh, the trial period, mate. Uh, like, I I have to gain you know my own just personal opinion on it. You know, I didn't like trials. I hated them, and yeah. I really hated them, and. You know, for kids now, I, I don't know if it's a, it's a lot better. You know, these clubs didn't purposely go out of their way to make you feel uncomfortable. But you you have to look at it. You're this outside kid, you know, from Ireland, as they say, and yep. you're over there. And you're basically you're trying to gain one of their positions of someone that's maybe been in that academy since they've been 10, 11 years of age. Absolutely. And it just, mm-hmm. it just in my eyes, they were just never welcoming experiences. You know, yeah. I just really didn't like them. And, and if I'm honest, Liverpool was probably the worst one I had, you know, and again, right. nothing on the club or on the staff. It was just, I just didn't like it. I just didn't have a good experience with it. It's a big pressure cooker, isn't it, for a kid as well? I was talking to Owen Weirin about, you know, kids from Ireland and, and Northern Ireland obviously coming across the, you know, it's, it's a much more difficult feat to go across the water and, and get into an academy, you know, where you're leaving home and you're you're living away maybe for the first time at 15, 16. You know, it's a, yeah. very difficult to do. Um, So how am uh, or what? What sort of clubs? I know you were, you were at loads of clubs. Like, what sort of clubs were you were you going on trial with? So the the clubs I went were on trial with. I was at Coventry, done Crystal Palace, Blackburn, Liverpool, and Scunthorpe. And off the top of my head, I, I think because I didn't even. Although I signed for Millwall, I actually didn't even go on trial. Millwall just offered me a contract. Right, so they'd okay. been watching me and ended up just offering me a contract over here. The, one of the last games they came and watched was playing for Northern Ireland against Belgium. And mm-hmm. after, straight after the match, that's that's when they offered me the contract. But off the top of my head, that's... And was that the first contract they were offered? Did you just take it right away? So on the same day, on the same day that Millwall had offered me the contract, Rangers asked me after that match, well, same me, my dad had asked me then to go over as well. Um, and they were willing to offer me a contract and they just wanted me to go over for a week and stuff like that there. And it was it ended up that it was my dad that, that, that talked me out of it. Obviously, as soon as I heard Rangers, that was it. My eyes yeah. lit up. Um, but it was my dad sort of talked a wee bit of sense and telling me, you know, at the time, Rangers were still financially very good, you know, yep. playing Champions League football every year. He's like, so where yeah. are you going to get your, your best opportunity, you know, at a club like Millwall or a club like Rangers, you know? Yeah. But... You know, I go back to the trials, you know, for, for kids from Ireland and from Northern Ireland, you know, for these clubs as well, it it's more of an investment to bring a child yeah. or a kid from across the water over 
than someone that's maybe already on their doorstep. So yeah. That's why you have to be that, you know, you, you can't be equally as good as these kids. You, you yep. need to be better than them. Better. Yep. That's a great, you know? great point of view, mate. Yeah. Uh huh. And was it was it difficult for you then moving across? Or sorry, I was just going to touch on um your your time playing for Northern Ireland. We, we you went you went you were in the Victory Shield team. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So I went again, and and that's where I go back till the the times where, where when I became fifteen, like the, the, my, everything just changed for me. So you know, I don't know if you can remember Northern Ireland used to do this thing. Um, called, they had teams called the, the county teams. You know, each county yes. had their own team and. They all had like these sort of Northern Ireland track suits and stuff like that. And I was never picked for them right up till like, you know, till 15, sort of never, ever picked. And I remember one day I got a call up. Um, it was, I think it was just after the Milk Cup, may have been just after the Milk Cup. And I got a call up to play for the county team and they sent the letter out. It was like, you know, you've arrived at the Stena Terminal. We were actually going over to play Rangers and um, yeah. wear, your, wear your county track suit. So I I rang the guy up and says, um, I don't have a county tracksuit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, right, we'll see if we can get a land of one. So I had to go and get a land of a, of a tracksuit, you know what I mean? And that's the game with these development squads over here. I tell the, you know, some kids that maybe panic that they're not in them. And yep. you know, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Yep. Look at the likes of Stuart Dallas. You know what I mean? Stuart Dallas played, you know, over here for how long before he picked? And now he's, you know, he plays in the Premier League now. I know, mate. You know, it's unbelievable. You're right. So you were at the Milk but, Cup. Was that with a county Antrim squad, was it? So I went with I went with the uh, County Anthem squad in the Milk Cup, and uh, from then, then from the Milk Cup, that's where I was sort of seen, and I ended up joining the the Victory, uh, Victory Shield squad. Yep. So that, that I was never seeing you on Sky you're, you're against England. That's oh, the Victory Shield was honestly at that age, you know that, and the experience of being able to play, you know, on TV and. Uh-huh. But it was one of them ones, you know. People had always said about doing playing on TV, but it. It's amazing, like even at that age, like once you start playing, you you, you forget, you genuinely forget. Forget you're about it. TV. Yeah, I remember you made an unbelievable save against John Joe Shelby, did he? Was that was that it? That, that, that's John Joe Shelby. I made a good save, but to be fair, it was a follow up save. I should have held the first one. Oh. <laughs> I always remember. <laughs> you yourself. <laughs> no, I, I flopped in the first one, and then I had to had to make up for it. But um, they they were the things, and that was the only time you ever knew. If you made a mistake, then you went, "All right, there's cameras on me." I forgot uh, about yes. that. Yes, <laughs> uh huh. Well, so how was it moving across then from Belfast over to um over to London? Like that's a big, big, uh, big adjustment. Like in the into the big smoke um over to yeah. the over to Millwall at that age, especially. Yeah, so I I moved to a place called um, lucky enough, I, I uh, me and another guy called Chris Higgerty. Same from Millwall at the same time. Um, and I, I knew Chris through the Northern Ireland team and the Victory Shield and stuff like that there. Uh, Chris was from Dingannon. Um, so we, we, we went together. Um, moved to a place called Bromley, just in, in Kent, just outside London, uh, okay. where Millwall's training ground is. And we were put up with a family over there. And, you know, again, it's like everything, a lot of luck. But the family we... we we moved in with where honestly you couldn't we were like their second kids you know you couldn't yeah. ask for a nice family and they were, yeah. the, the, the the fella the guy the house you know he was a big Millwall fan as well so uh-huh. you know it was, it was brilliant like it was really really good you know I, as for homesickness you know I have to be honest and, and, I, and I mean I never really experienced homesickness never yeah and I don't know if it was uh if it was maybe the background of, of bringing up you know I mean me and my sister you know, without getting into too much 
sappiness, you know, the way my mum and, and dad had to work, you know, to sort of rear me and my sister, you know, me and my sister sort of not reared herself, but we were independent at young ages, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so that helped me adapt a wee bit to it, you know. For um, sure. And all the new experiences I, as well, I'm sure. Like you know well, that that, yeah. that was it, you know. Say don't get me wrong, there was times that you know you would have seen something, you know, Facebook or you'd have seen something going on back home and like flip I wish I was home for that. But as for homesickness where I would have rang up and says, Look, I wanna come home, I I can't really comment on that because I, I never experienced it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so what was like the you know, you've you've went from a you know, I love back home, but it's not the professional um, environment what they're used to in England. Like, let's let's be real. But so, what, how yeah. was it moving from that environment of playing, you know, back in Belfast and then going into, um, you know, uh, a structure um, with a schedule like Millwall? How was that? It was tough, and and, yeah. I, and I remember obviously when I signed for Millwall, the first the first time you go over is you're going over for the first preseason, and obviously as a goalkeeper, you know. Back home, it was just right. The keepers used to train over there, and they feel play. Yeah. And I couldn't believe I couldn't believe the running. Now to this day, I was never a fan of running, right? And I was like pre seasons, like everyone's running, and I was going, uh-huh. oh, even us, and we're like yes, even you. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I remember the, the pre seasons. My first pre season was hell, and I mean hell. Um, second second pre season, obviously you're up to it a bit more. I mean again, even. The development in that one year from full-time football, you know, just with everything, physique, the, the lads, you know, I went sort of, not, not like a wee pudgy kid, you know, but no shape till me, you know, nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then for the next year, you know, when you were coming back in that, that summer, the next summer, and people were going, flip me, what happened to you? I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, I remember that period as well, Berlin, mate. And the, the, did you get a lot more? I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but um, I feel like, Whenever I was, when we were growing up, even I mean, I was in going through the Glenthorne Academy, but I, I don't think there was very much like individual goalkeeping work, was there? Or maybe you had, but no, not not really. Neither. I was fortunate when I signed for the Glens. I was fortunate that I got the train with the first team. So yeah. Davy McLennan was the goalkeeper coach there at the time, and obviously Elliot Morris was the goalkeeper. So I was very very fortunate in that there. But I mean, if you're asking my honest opinion on it, even to this day, I don't think there's enough goalkeeping um, training and or structure in yeah. Northern Ireland for, for 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 kids in Northern Ireland for the goalkeepers. You know, yeah. and I understand it's difficult. You know, it's not easy. Um, but there's good goalkeepers out there, and there's good goalkeepers, and I'm probably contradicting myself. You know, but my work life now takes over, or I would love to be able to give that bit back myself. Yeah, but um, there's definitely room there for. I know there's a couple of things set up now. The likes of Michael Doherty has a couple of academies set School. up. Um, yes, Davy McLennan, uh, Elliot Morris, they have stuff set up too. You know, but as in grassroots football see. with kids, you know, the likes of the boys' clubs, you know, that it's hard to get that goalkeeper coach for them. So they're behind straight away. You know, you could, yes, you could be you could be 14 and 15 in Northern Ireland before you're going to get proper goalkeeping training. Goalkeeping training, sure. yeah. These, these kids across the water get goalkeeping training since they're ten, you know. Yeah, I mean, for for you to go, um, from for you to go over there, and it, we, is that when you were getting your first experiences at, um, we were just with a, like a, a dedicated goalkeeping professional. Well, this yeah, this was it, and and the thing is with Millwall as well was you know you train with the first team keepers also, you know, so it was a, it was a different level. Like David Ford was the Millwall number one at the time, you know, Ireland's. Ireland's goalkeeper, you know, yep. an Irish international, you know, 
Tony Burns was a goalkeeper coach. Um, Lanny Pidgeley. You, you ever you remember Lanny Pidgeley? He, was, he, he played for Chelsea as well. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, you're talking about. He, he was the second choice, you know what I mean? So these guys, that's who you were training with every day. And, you know, it was just a complete step up, you know, from, oh, from and even sure. drills, even, even the drills, you know, it's, and were we you were doing um, with weight jackets and all on, you know? <laughs> were, were you um at, at that at that time there? Were you still going to like college or anything, or were, were you just yeah, full time? So no, no. So our schedule. So basically, you trained every day, apart uh-huh. from um a Wednesday and a Sunday. Sunday was obviously a recovery day, but yep. Wednesday we went to college. Um, the the, the academy, the the scholars which we were called, we went to college. We went to a place called Orpington College and um, we'd done BTAC and sport. Yep. And also they put us through coaching badges as well. So we'd done our level one and level two. Um, That's good. Coaching they, they, badges. Done that, you know, for, for a backup for any kids that, you know, would have fallen out of the, at that level. Yeah. Brilliant. No, it was, it was good. And, and the thing was as well, you know, the college was like, it was an open college. So you were interacting with other people, you know what I mean? It yes. wasn't just us. So, uh-huh. Excuse me, it was very, very good. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, Millwall, you know, the, the, the club that they were, I mean, I, just everything about it. You know, you were given a first-team player, you know, so the likes of David Ford was mine. So, you know, you cleaned his boots. You know, the, the likes of us, we had to do ball boy at the home games. Um, and then you were given a schedule. And like so it was like in two. So me and Chris Higgerty were always a pair. So we done ball boy together. And then there was times where you had to then go in and cha- uh, clean the change room after the match. You know what I mean? It was all stuff like that. But yeah. I-, I actually enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people did. Like little it, duties. But, but I, the, like, it, yeah, yeah kind of ground yeah. you, doesn't it, too? Especially young young lads like that. You know, they think they've got the order at their, at their feet. Well, they do. But it's like they've got, you know, it's easy to get ahead of yourself at that point. But that big time. is to ground big, yourself big, big with, with those little duties and stuff and, and giving you someone to look up to. But um, so when you, you, I remember you like you know, obviously, I followed your career from from the from like from from afar. But maybe you were you were getting close to playing for the first team and stuff too, and you were on the bench a few times. Were you at Millwall? Yeah, so it was always I say always. I was I was in and around. You know what I mean? As I say, I, I trained by the first team a lot and sort of in and around. And, and my my first sort of bit of experience just came with a bit of luck as well. Like and I, and and I couldn't uh, the match couldn't have been any bigger. So Millwall got West Ham in the Carling Cup at Upton Park. And uh, it just happened that the the goalkeeper, second choice goalkeeper at the time, then was a guy called John Sullivan, and he wasn't feeling great. I, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was a back or a knee injury, but he he was struggling with a knock, and I ended up then being brought along just in case. So, uh-huh. but, I, but you know, I done the warm up, everything, and just the whole build up. Like I remember, there was a load of trouble at the match, and I remember like we were sitting with the team bus, we were sitting on this bridge for like thirty minutes because we were waiting on a police escort. But there was that much trouble going on outside the ground. The police couldn't even send any home, so we had to just head on into the ground. And and uh, just the whole experience of just Upton Park and, and you know, doing the warm-up and the atmosphere. And I say then, obviously, Millwall took the lead. West Ham came back and went 3-1. But, you know, if you, if you look at the game itself, there was a load of trouble on the pitch and yeah. just the experience of it. And, and then at the end of the match, I was fortunate I ended up asking Robert Green was the goalkeeper at West Ham at the time and I asked him for his gloves and stuff. He gave me his gloves and signed them and I have them this day in like a wee cabinet in the house, you know. So, yeah. good, good experiences. Nice memories, man. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, you, you went from Millwall and then um, how did the move to Rangers come about? 
it was actually it was a real funny, funny move to be honest. Um, you know, it just came out of the blue. It's was, it was actually someone from the IFA at rang me and says that Rangers were looking at your contact number. Do you mind if I give him it? And I says, yeah, by all means. So the next minute, um, the club reached out. And I had an agent at the time. There's a guy called Max Ferdinand. Um, it's actually Rio Ferdinand's cousin. Uh-huh. And the, the, the company that I was with was Rio Ferdinand's company. Right. Um, and, and Max had sort of then took over. And myself and again, Chris Higgerty, um, uh-huh. went down went down to Rangers and sort of trained with them for a week. Uh, and then after that week, they um, they offered the both of us a contract. So it was it, it was really really weird the way it all came about. Um, but the thing about it is, and again, you know, you're talking football, and yes, there's talent, and you know, obviously your ability and and everything else that comes with it. But Absolutely. there's so much luck. There's so much luck because I went down, and that week we trained at Rangers. Was probably the best week I've ever had in football. You know what I mean? It was one yeah. of them ones. Everything stopped. See you know, everything. All the, yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> literally. You know what I mean? It couldn't have went any better, and. uh Ended up, you know, getting a contract out of it. I mean, Chris ended up getting put up. Um, the club got us a flat together, like you know, and uh-huh. we lived we lived together as well. So it was really, really good, you know. And obviously, then that was the that yeah. was the dream come true move, you know. Of it, course, it, it could never get any better than that for me. The club, you support, yeah, you support as a boy. I'm sure that was. And then was were, were you going for at that level when you know when you've moved from Millwall, where you're a scholar, you're, you're getting signed by Rangers. Are you? Are you kind of past that phase now of like you're a scholar or are you still in that sort of phase? Or are you just in around the first team now? No. So, you know, you, you never get carried away. So when I signed for Rangers, yeah. that was my first professional contract. So officially you're a professional footballer. You know, that yeah. was the first time I came from being a, a scholarship till then a professional footballer. You know, that didn't mean that, especially a club like Rangers, you know, uh, they they would put you in your place right and quick, you know, if you were walking about thinking that you made it, you know. Of I course. hadn't done nothing all I'd done was sign a bit of paper and, and yep. I was lucky enough that I got the 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 wear the training gear, you know. Yep. And then you know, it was up to you then to develop. But the, the good thing about Rangers was sort of Murray Park was split in two sides. And right. uh you know, depending on where you were, you get you got to spend the day in that half, you know, with first team's half or, or the sort of reserves and youth team then had the other half. So, and with being the goalkeepers, all the goalkeepers train together. So, a lot of my time I spent training with the first team, which was also great. You know, Alan McGregor was number one at the time. Uh, Neil Alexander was number two. Scott Gallagher was was there as number three. And uh, Rangers take three goalkeepers with them everywhere they go. You know, even to this day, if you see an Ibrox, they've got three goalkeepers out on the pitch. And Scott Gallagher, unfortunately, got an injury. But obviously, for me, that was good. That moved me up a wee bit. So yep. I was able to start traveling a bit with the first team and and um start to get the experience in a wee bit. Yeah, which was really good. Uh-huh. And he's still around sort of Northern Ireland setups at this point as well. Yeah, yeah. So by this stage now with the Northern Ireland teams, you know, as I say, I was at Rangers. You know, I came through seventeens, nineteens, all out there. And then by this stage now, when I was at the Rangers, at Rangers, the um is when I started getting them called up for the under twenty ones. You know, uh-huh. so, and every, everything was just like. You know, you, you talk about confidence. Like I've till this day, I've never been as confident as I was at that period. You know, I ju- it just oozed out of me. And you know, yep. 
it wasn't cockiness because I'm not a cocky person. It was never cockiness. It was just pure confidence. Like I was going on their pitch, going to myself, if someone's going to score here, they're going to have to do something very, very good. You know, yeah, that, that's yep. the sort of that's the sort of Brilliant confidence time, yeah. I had at that time. Like uh-huh. you know, um, and again with the under twenty ones as well. Just just everything that at that time that was going right or could have went right was going right for me. Uh-huh. And then so mate, you you've you're at Rangers for a couple of years then, were you? Or or how long did yeah, you so see I, out your contract or what did you do? So I was at Rangers for a year. Um and this is where I say right right up to Christmas, everything was going well. As I say, you know, oozing confidence. And then I got an injury about was it the first week in December? We were traveling, we were training on a Friday, and then I was traveling with the first team squad up the Inverness. And we were training just before we left to go up um, to stay overnight there before the match on Saturday. And just as we were cl- finishing up and training and clearing up, you know, I ended up putting my hand out, out just to stop a shot. Like, just not, nothing malice or anything, put it out, bang. And as a goalkeeper, you always get, you know, your nagels in your hands and stuff like that. But it was a real, real sharp pain. Thought nothing off it, travelled up. And that night, like, it just started to throb, like, really, really bad. So I went to the club doctor. Gave me a couple of painkillers, strapped it all up for me. Next day, I had for me. That was on a Saturday. Obviously, Sunday just was a rest day after the match. And then on Monday, they took me for a scan. Um, and it turned out that I broke my scaphoid bone. I, bro- I basically broke the wrist. The bone itself, it just it snapped in half. So that was on the Monday. And obviously, you know, a club like Rangers, on, I think on the Thursday, I was getting surgery on my wrist and I ended up getting a screw put for it. Um. You know, I missed then the second half of the season, like more or less completely till the very end. But th- this is where, you know, I, I like to sort of explain, you know, as hard as it is being injured, you still need to be professional. And of if I'm honest, you know, I let my guard slip, you know, sort of get carried away with myself, you know, where it was going out partying too many nights, you know, yep. put weight on while I was injured. You know, yes, that's easy to do, but. You know, when you're still there every day and you're getting the best best of food and the best of training facilities, you know what I mean? I, I needed to do more myself. And I just sort of fell into a bit of a rut, you know, and yep. it came towards the end of the season. And, and it was just then, that was the end of the season then, it was sort of Rangers were coming in then, they were a wee bit of difficulty. And yep. I was still adamant that I was getting a new contract, you know, still adamant that it was, it was all going to happen, even though the injury and... Thought it done enough still in that first half of the season, and unfortunately I didn't, and 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 it shocked me because yeah. you know it it wasn't the, what I was preparing for. I was preparing right get back for injury and go again, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're, you know, if you want to put it, you're unemployed. Yeah, with the t- timing, oh, it wasn't it didn't help you either with the club situation, did it? But it's also, yeah. you know, it's rough injuries and stuff, especially you know when you're when you're fighting for that place. I was talking to Owen as well about that. You know, it's. Uh, they're probably thinking at that moment um, you know are you going to be starting in their first team come first game of season and if that's not the case you know maybe they've got a, they've got another option or something it's tough isn't it well it is, it is tough you know and again I, I didn't help myself you know and I'm still to this day adamant that if I had to play a full season I'm not saying that the next season I was going to be Rangers number one because I know that wasn't going to happen I was still 18, 19 years of age you know, I was there for the development. You know, I mean, I was there for hopefully to be a future number one, and yeah. and I believed that that's what the club had planned, and that's uh-huh. the road I was going down. 
yes, I got injured. That's all right. That's a setback. But there's a lot of things I could have done to conduct myself better. Yeah, it could have helped me. You know, in that recovery. You know, it, it could get to a stage where you know the one thing you don't think these people are watching and clubs like Rangers in a city like Glasgow, there's nothing that you can do that they don't find out about. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Not, not that I was doing anything crazy or mad. You know what I mean? But yeah. I was over partying, you know what I mean? I was probably then falling in with maybe the wrong crowd, people that didn't have a great reputation around Glasgow and stuff like that, you know, but I thought that there were cool guys. Yeah, you know, of course. That's hard for an 18-year-old to see that, especially when you've got, you know, maybe you're, you're, you've got other um, players there, um, they're maybe on, on a, in another phase of their career, you know, they're getting a bit, they're getting a few quid and, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's glamorous to be hanging around with them, isn't it, too? So well, well, but that's comes it. along you with know, it. And that's it. And, and at the end of the day, no, no matter what was going on in my career, I was a Rangers fan. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, it was hard for me to, for that switch, you know, to go, right, okay, you're a Rangers fan, but you're a Rangers player, so you need to be professional. I mean, I remember one time going in a away game at Celtic Park on, off the top of my head, say it was a Sunday. And then on the Monday, getting into training and getting pulled because of my behaviour. You know, we need things like that. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. We need the, you know, or at the time I was at that match as a fan, and but you're being watched by club representatives, and I get pulled in, you know, to say, look, you can't conduct yourself in that manner. You know, you're <laughs> you're a representative for Doing this the club yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. but, but we but we things like that, and you know, I know where I went wrong, you know, yeah. and I would have loved. Hindsight, as I say, is a wonderful thing, but I would have loved to have seen where my career maybe would have went if if I had it kept going the way it was going before the injury. Yeah, and to, so me from from there, whenever you, you you got released from from Rangers, did you did you go to any other clubs over there, or did you come right back then to Northern Ireland? So I came straight back, and I, and I was and I was stupid, you know, and I was really stupid. I again. Say stupid, maybe I used the word shock earlier. You know, I was still in shock because yeah, yeah. Th- this this wasn't the plan. You know, I mean, I wasn't having to look for another club. That that wasn't what I was intending on. Um, I went then and played in the Milk Cup for Northern Ireland again. Um, had a very good Milk Cup, and Blackburn ended up asking me back over. Um, now you know, it actually ended up being a really, let say, really good trial. It was good for experience. Uh-huh. Um, I went over to Blackburn. I actually remember sitting there in the canteen on my own, and the next minute it was with like all the sort of like reserve players and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And El Hajjouf had just come come in, and he spotted me because he was on loan at Rangers the season That's before. Right. Yeah. So he came straight over and he's sitting down, and he's he's talking away, oh big man, this and that there, and so and I can see them all looking like, how the hell's he know him? You know what I mean? Yeah. So Brilliant, and he was, yeah. like, he was wishing me all the best in the trial and all that, but uh. That, that was what, what, one side of that trial. The other side was Blackburn's goalkeeper at the time was Paul Robinson. Right, so right, yeah. I got to train with him for a week, you know, and, and, and say what you want. You know, he was an England number one goalkeeper, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. a, a, a smashing career. So just to be able to train with him and experience that as well. Now, when I was at Blackburn, again, I go back till you need to be better than what they already have, you know. And, yeah. and I go till the week I had when I went to Rangers, I had the best week of my life. When I went to Blackburn for that week, I was probably just average. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and average isn't good enough. Definitely not yeah. good enough. 
And it's it's so, probably hard to get the mentality right too, is it me? When you've you know you've been released from Rangers, you know, you thought you were gonna be their number one. It's kinda it's hard to get your mind right. And I'm, I'm sure the, the psychological end of things too to to go in and now you're at Blackburn, you're trying to earn your spot again. You know, it's it, um, it is tough. and it goes then it goes back to that like you know, I never liked trials. So even though yes, I was that wee bit older and a wee bit more experienced, you, you were still going on another trial, you know, you were still going back into that a comfort zone that you didn't like, you know, yeah. people didn't want you there, you know, that you, you're still made to feel uncomfortable. I was able to deal with it a lot better, but I just, just trials just didn't sit well with me at all. I just didn't like them, you know, Yeah. and, and again, nothing came from that trial. I came home and it was one of them ones sort of just get in there, rut, you know, back with all my mates, again, out partying, you know, yeah. down to the Odyssey of, Beach club, box, all that there, you know. <laughs> I remember those days, and, and, yeah. And, and, and that's that's the way it was. And then ended up uh-huh. Ballymena just offered me a contract, and it was one of them ones that just went, you know what, I go back into the game here, all right, and I signed it, you know, and that wasn't taking anything away from Ballymena because they were the first ones really to reach out, which I, I, I was grateful for, and that's when I got back into it then. Uh huh. Brilliant, man. And then, so you've you, you went from Ballymena. Were you at Coleraine for a period, or or, or where else were you? I finished off at Coleraine and, and you know and this is the way things you know again I, I want to be as open and honest as I can you know yeah. these were just you know stupid times Bellamina done really really well at Bellamina I feel you know <laughs> I, I get I get caught up in a to this day right you know and, and this is probably I'm not a gambler and I'm not a gambler and anyone knows that I'm not a gambler and I get dropped out of the team one night and they were playing Carrick at Seaview because Carrick was, was sharing a ground at Seaview and I got dropped out of the team. Again, I'm only 19 years of age, you know what I mean? And I, I was raging. It was proper raging, huffing, if anything. So I take myself up to the top of the road and um, I ordered, there's a kebab shop at the top of Seaview <laughs> and I grabbed the <laughs> kebab. And next minute, there's a bookies beside So I went into the bookies and there's two games. It was a Friday night match. There was two games. There was... Reading against oh I can't remember anyhow, but and then there was Bellamina against Carrick. And I'd done the double and I'd done Reading and I'd done Carrick. And and this this is the way this went. And this is this is the way this went. So I done the double anyhow, right? Ten pound double, that's what it was. So it goes back into the ground, I'm sitting there eating my kebab. That didn't go down well at the best of times. I'm sitting in the stand with club tracksuit on, munching a kebab, huffing, you know. Yeah. And then a guy from the club. I ended up saying, where were you? I says, oh, I was down and get a kebab. I says, I don't know wee bad. And he says, let me see. And I didn't even, you know, you know, you even. I says, there you go. And he went, oh, you've picked Carrick for the night? I says, ah, yeah. I says, we can team all this here, right? So that was all right. Um, and then on the Tuesday night, we got the training. I called up the office and club chairman's there and the manager's there. There's something now, innocent too. It, yeah. it, it was, we say innocent, right? It was stupid. It was completely stupid, you know. Yeah. And it was blue out of the water, but there was more to it. There was there was definitely more to it. And I don't care what anyone says. You know, the club were wanting to sign a striker. They didn't have the budget to sign another player. You know, how are we going to free a budget up or free a wage up? You know, it was an easy excuse for me, you know, for them to let me go. So they, they says, let we need to have a think of this. I told them how hey, you say innocent, you know what I mean? I told them exactly what had happened, the way it went. And uh, the next minute, they... I went back out and trained. They called me back in after and says, look, we're going to let you go, but we'll put it down until you requested it by mutual consent. I was like, okay. I says, if that's the way we have to go down it, 
That's just that's the way we have to go down it. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Within two days, you, you remember the Irish League forms? Yes. It's all over the Irish League forms. But like, I mean, when I say all over the Irish, it was like match fixing. So like, this year, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going like, what has happened here? This is where, where yeah. is this? Where does this come from? Like, yeah. I was like, this is crazy. You know, and I remember ringing the club up and saying, like, what's going on here? You know, you're telling yeah. me this isn't going to leave it, these walls. You're letting me go with mutual consent, all this here. I says, and people run about saying I was fixing matches. Yeah. I was like, come on with that. So that, that, that's the way I went. Um, I ended up knocking about then with East Belfast. It's the same for the East. Played there for about six months. And Stephen Baxter rang me. And the first thing he said to me, to be fair to Stephen Baxter, was he says, I know what happened to Bellamina. He says, but you're young and I'm willing to give you a second chance. So I then had to go and tell it and say, look, I don't know what you've heard of what happened to Bellamina, but this is actually what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. That's funny how going, things like I follow you, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, he was going, look, he says, he says, it's irrelevant now and it's not there, you know, this is your chance. And I says, no, I appreciate that. So I ended up sending for the cruise and it was a disaster. <laughs> you know, I was there yeah. and nothing against I started getting a wee bit confident again you know they, uh, Roy McDonald was their goalkeeper coach at the time who I really liked and I liked the style of, of football you know training and real physical and stuff and I, I started getting my confidence back up but I was confident at the time where I thought listen I should be number one here you know Sean O'Neill was the keeper at the time great goalkeeper and nothing against Sean O'Neill at the time but I was just being honest with myself saying I should be playing yeah so then as it went on and I wasn't playing, so then your confidence then started to leave you. Um, you know, then Sean got injured. Here's me, right? This is my chance to shine. I've been putting it in and training. I'm, I've been working hard. And then Baxter goes and signs this keeper from the Republic of Ireland. And I go, like, yeah. I've been waiting on the sidelines here for this chance. Like, what has yeah. gone on? So I went to him and says, um, what's the crack here? You know, and he says, like, oh, we feel that you need to get your confidence up. I said, sure, how am I going to get my confidence up if I'm not playing? Playing, yeah. And he then went to me and says, look, why don't you go in on loan? I says, no, I'll tell you what, better still, I'll just leave. Yeah, so, so. Yeah, and, and that's what it was. I, I, I sort of left then from there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And is that, was that your last club? You were no, at, I, I went, this is where I started having too many tracksuits then. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I went, I ended up signing for the Welders for six months. Yes. Had a very, very good six months, very good six months. And Oren Kearney then signed me for Coleraine. And this is then where, you know, sort of started to fall out of love with it. Not fall out of love, just, you know, work was taken over. Um, but I started off in Coleraine and I start I get off the flyer. And still to this day, I have no answers. And, you know, I'd love to know the real reasons of what actually happened because I'm still confused. I started off flying to... From September till December, I got three Player of the Month awards within the club. Um, and then on Boxing Day, I was dropped on Boxing Day. Um, didn't ask the question the day of the game. Just sort of took it in the chin, you know, never question yeah. the manager the day of a game. You know, you, you just don't do that. And then the next week, in tra- the next days in training, I sort of says, what happened there? I says, I just wanted to change it up. I says, no, but I've, I've been playing well. You know, uh-huh. what, what, what's happened? Or what's, no, I just wanted to change it up. So then I was left out for, for a, a good while then, to be honest, probably the next yeah. three, four weeks. And to be honest, you were down in Coleraine two nights a week. 
um, training uh, training two nights a week. Your match on a Saturday, and I was working as well at the time. And and the way my contract was, the, the contract I'd signed at the club, were to be making it worth your while and to be getting some money out of it. I had to be playing because I was more yeah. on an appearance fee than anything. I had a basic yeah. rate, but then I needed to be on an appearance fee as well to get to get the wage decent. And again, I just wasn't playing, so that's when I just sort of just I walked away and just then from then I, I walked away from the game altogether. Yeah, uh, uh, funny how things work out, and like um, and uh, are you did you have any interest then at that point? I suppose it's hard at that point when you've you know you've kind of been burned by a couple of clubs and you've you know you're in and out. That, that, that was it, mate. And, you know, I'm never going to say that I was innocent because, you know, especially at Bellamina, what I'd done was wrong. You <laughs> know, there was no malice in it. It was still wrong, you know, so... But I, I just couldn't understand where all this unluckiness was coming from within football because I was going like, you know, I'm a good guy. I work hard when it comes to training. I still believed in my ability, but just nothing was going right. It was just all going wrong. Yeah, and I was like, I, I, and then it starts to affect you mentally as well, you know. And that's the other side. You're a human being, so all this, all this negativity, all this knockbacks, it affects you mentally. Uh-huh, and my, my son had just been born at the time, and I was just like, no, I, I don't need this in my life, You're you finished. know. I, yeah, yeah, and that's it. And as I said, I just walked away from it. Absolutely, and, and then. I was going to ask you, man. We just obviously we're we're with our podcast. The, the angle I try to take with it is all about you know sort of development, and you know I feel like your your story is a great sort of um gives some great advice for any young players, especially in Northern Ireland that maybe they go across to the England, um, but even just sort of the setbacks that you occur. But one thing with you specifically being a goalkeeper, um, like how I mean, it's one of those positions you must like. It's like you throw one in, mate. You're all the eyes are on you, even if you've made three or four saves before it. Um, yeah. is there any advice you'd have for for young goalkeepers and the mentality that's required to play at that level? Mistakes will happen, you know, and yeah. and the thing is with being a goalkeeper, yes, you said it, you know, the mistakes, you get highlighted and, and that's it. There's no hiding from them, but accept that they're going to happen. It's what you yeah. do mentally to prepare yourself. Now, what I would do now is, you know, with goalkeepers, I see the young goalkeepers now and, you know, the things that, they, that they're doing in these new academies and stuff where they're analysing, you know, David McLennan is an old school goalkeeper coach, and he says, "You know, don't 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 analyze it. You know, you've you've made the mistake. You know what you've done. You know the majority of times that you've made, if I made a mistake and you came to me and says, what did you do wrong? I'll be able to give you the answer. Yeah. I'll know where I went wrong and I know what happened. I don't need to keep watching over and over again. You know what I mean? Because then that's in my head. I need to get that out of my head and look forward to the next game yeah. and make sure that I don't do it again. So don't overanalyze." Don't uh-huh. overanalyze, but accept that mistakes will happen. And at, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of goalkeeper mistakes come down to just concentration, like like a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. we settle things. You know, uh-huh. I, I I remember I go back to um, playing for Bellamina against Coleraine, and I threw one in, and it was the easiest catch ever. And it was Leon Knight was playing for Coleraine, and I came out to grab it, dropped it right at his feet, and scored. Mm. He scored from it. But what I done there was. The catch was that easy. I took my eye off the ball to see where I was going to throw it once I caught it. For your step yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm a step ahead in my head before I've even done the basic. You know, mm-hmm. as easy as the basic is, I need to do that first. Yep. 
Oh, mate, yeah, exactly. And are you, um, so your son's now, he's now at the age now where he's starting to play. He's, is he, he was with the Glen Torn or he's, he's, yeah, he, so he was, yes, he was. So he was with the Glens there. Um, again, you know, it was something I didn't want to force on tell him. He came to me and says, Dad, I want to get involved in football. A friend of ours, um, you know Greg as well, Jackson was the manager at Glen yes. Torn at the time. And they had a couple of wee teams and the wee team that he was running was like a wee development team. So I thought, yeah, why not? Got him in. Um, wanted him to play outfield. And then yeah. been a couple of weeks, he wanted to be a goalkeeper. I tried to steer him away from it, um, <laughs> but he was having none of it, you know, and, yeah. and that was solely by choice. Uh, he, you know, I mean, he's seven, he's, he's coming eight here now, um, and I'll be honest, I still haven't coached him. Um, I don't want to coach him, you know, at the minute. When the time uh-huh. comes and when I feel he's ready to be coached or to try and help him, I'll step in straight away, you know, and, and I'll uh-huh. do the best that I can do. But at the minute, he's you know he just enjoys it. He enjoys throwing himself for the game. Yeah, that, that's it. You know he enjoys throwing himself around the ground and kicking a ball <laughs> with no technique. Just and <laughs> he's doing it with a smile on his face. So yeah. even if they're getting beat four or five, he comes off the pitch and thinks he's brilliant. So yeah. as long as he has that, you know, I let him crack on with it. You know that yeah, that's mate. all I want. And when have you got any? Um... Obviously, you're, you're you're a working man yourself, but have you, have you got any ambition to get into the game coaching wise? One hundred percent, I do, and um, especially goalkeeping. It would only yeah. be goalkeeping if I'm honest. Um, uh-huh. I, I would love to give that bit back. You know, as I say, this podcast is probably the first that I've been open and honest about everything within my career. Uh-huh. You know, especially the likes of Bellamina and Cole Rain. You know, I mean, there are things. You know, if a man, they're, they're embarrassing things too, you know what I mean? It's not something that, that I'm proud of, you know, it's not my yes, proudest man. moment in football, but I, I just felt that it's something that I had to get off my chest and hopefully maybe if someone's listening, it, it, it can help, you know, but definitely I want to get into coaching. I want to give that bit back to the game, you know, because there was good people in my life when I was coming through from, from grassroots right up. There was really, really good people, you know, and and, and I'd, I'd love one day to be that, that good person, you know, that yes. try and help the kids or advise them you know it's up to them at the end of the day it's up to them if they want to listen all you can do is advise absolutely mate well Wayne I can't thank you enough for everything you've said and stuff mate you've, you've, uh, honestly thanks very much for coming on and um, we'd love to chat to you again maybe it's about a different topic or um, but maybe when you do eventually get into coaching you know anything about or even just a specific one about you know you were, like you were talking about with uh, with the goalkeepers but it was so good to hear your career um, yeah. thanks very much again for coming on mate and we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon yeah, no, definitely, Greg. And thank you for having me on. And, you know, just on the record for yourself as well of what you've achieved, you know, from being being from East Belfast and what you're doing out, out there now as well. You know, hats off and credit to you as well. Thanks very much, mate. I appreciate that, Wayne. No problem, thank mate. You, mate. Thank you. Thank you.